as we continue through our series in the Gospel of Luke, beginning in chapter 8, verse 16. Actually, I'm going to begin in verse 4. We looked at the parable of the sower last week, uh, but there's a bit of a connection between our passages. Uh, So we're going to begin in verse 4 and go through verse 21 this morning. This is God's holy, inerrant, and infallible word. Please give it your full attention. Verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see. And hearing, they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. So that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then. How you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mothers and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Thus far, God's holy word. You may be seated. 
And let us go to God in prayer. Most holy God, we pray this morning that as we hear your word, that you will give us spiritual ears to hear. We pray that you will help us to take care how we hear and that we not only be hearers of the word, but that we be doers of the word as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> there is a children's hymn that I think most of you probably know. It's a very repetitive song. And the words of each of the verses go like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine over the whole wide world. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. In this passage, Jesus talks about the importance of letting our lights shine in the world. But he also tells us how to let our lights shine. He tells us why we should let our lights shine and who lets their lights shine. But letting your light shine is not the only thing in this passage that Jesus focuses on. Jesus also majors on the importance of proper listening. Listening with spiritual ears. And that's exactly how we're going to approach this passage this morning. First, we're going to look at uh, how we ought to listen in order to let our lights shine. Specifically, Jesus will tell us in this passage how we are to let our lights shine. Secondly, in uh, our second section, we will uh, focus on listening lest we lose what we've been given. We will see here why we ought to let our lights shine. And then thirdly, we are to listen to our elder brother, who listens to God? Who lets their light shine? So our three sections, listen to let your light shine, listen or lose it, and listen to your elder brother. Well, last week we examined the parable of the sower. And throughout that parable, Jesus focused much upon the hearing of the word. You probably noticed as we read through that passage together. In verse 8, he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In verse 10, he said that he spoke in parables so that in hearing, the people of Israel may not hear. 
And then as he explains the parable, he demonstrates the importance of how each man's heart, the soil, hears and responds to the word of God, the seed that was sown. You see, when the good news of the kingdom of God is proclaimed, it is of utter importance that we take care how we listen. For those who have spiritual ears to hear, they will respond like the good soil and will produce much fruit. Well, Jesus follows the parable of the soils or the parable of the sower with more instruction on the importance of hearing and doing. But rather than using soils and seeds to explain, he uses lamps and lights. He says no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. He puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see. That they may see the light. In Jesus' day they did not have electricity as we do today. At the back of this room, there is a switch. We can hit that switch and all of the light in this room would go away. Or we can press it again and all of the lights would come on. They did not have this technology in Jesus' day. And so when they wanted to light up a room or light up their home, they used lamps. These lamps had oil in them with wicks coming out and they would be lit. The flame using the oil to remain lit. And it would light up their houses. And so Jesus says, no one when lighting a lamp covers it with a jar. Why? Well, because placing a jar over the lamp would keep any oxygen from getting through to the flame and therefore would suffocate it, causing the light to go out. Likewise, he says, no one would put their lamp under a bed. Now, beds in their day were just mats laid upon the ground. And during the day, they would roll these mats up and store them out of the way. No one would toss their mat over the lamp. You may have heard someone say, if there's ever a small fire in your home, grab a blanket and toss it over the fire. It will put out the fire. No one would throw their mat or their mattress, their bed, as Jesus says here, over a lamp. Why? It would cause the flame to go out. The point is that when you are given something that is useful, you don't treat it in a way that would prevent it from being used. Rather, you make every effort to put it to its maximum usage. For a lamp, you put it on a stand so that everyone who enters the room or enters the house will be able to see from the light. We have all been given a lamp that shines brightly. Jesus tells us in John chapter 8 verse 12 that he is the light of the world. Christ brought light into this dark world and that light shined through his life, death, and resurrection from the dead. 
And that is the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news that Jesus had been proclaiming to them. You see, his kingdom is a kingdom of light. And that light is advanced as the good news of it is proclaimed. And that is specifically what Jesus is talking about here in this passage. The light that he is referring to here is the message of the good news. It is the word of God that has been given to us. The question is, how will we use it? Will we be like the hard soil that disregards the word immediately? Will we take in the word initially, but let the trials of life and the pleasures of this world choke and wither it away? Or will we take it in and use it to produce fruit? If we have a lamp, we should put it on a lampstand and use it so that all will see it. I think Jesus here as he explains this, has an evangelistic purpose about it. As we have the lamp, the lamp is not just for us, is it? When the seed is sown, we are to produce fruit, but that fruit is not just for us, is it? You see, the lamp that lights up the room, Jesus says, it's for everyone who enters the room, so that everyone who enters may see. He certainly wants us to produce good fruit, but he wants others to see that good fruit. You see, the light is not just for us to use for ourselves, it is for others. And I think Jesus makes a similar point about this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, saying, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works your good fruit, and give glory to your Father in heaven. The purpose of our listening to the word should be to let our lights shine in the dark world. God's word is meant to be put to use, not hidden away. Like the words to that children's hymn, hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. And unfortunately, many come to church every single Lord's Day, every Sunday, and they hear the good news of the kingdom preached, but then they leave and hide it away. Jesus had many disciples who would do the same thing. In fact, even one of the 12 apostles treated the word of God in this way. Judas did not put the word that he heard to use. He did not take heed how he listened. And he was like the soil that took the seed in. But when the pleasures of this world came, they choked out whatever faith he appeared to have. He turned Jesus into the authorities for 30 pieces of silver. Things did not turn out very well for Judas. 
fact, Jesus calls him the son of perdition. In other words, the son of destruction in John chapter 17. Sadly, those who do not put to use the shining lamp that they have been given will find the same fate as Judas. And this is what Jesus means when he goes on to say, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. We see this in the case of Judas, don't we? What was truly in his heart became manifest. And I think Jesus probably means here that even in this life, these things, what is truly in our hearts, our sins, all these things will be made manifest. Sometimes that happens in this life as it did for Judas. But ultimately, Jesus here is referring to final judgment. On that day, everything that is concealed will be revealed. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 14 says, God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. It's a bit scary, can't it be? Someday we will stand before God and he will hold us accountable for our sins. According to this passage, he will even hold us accountable to what we have heard. More specifically, with how we have put to use what we have heard. Those who hear but fail to do God's word will be held accountable for it. And so how we respond to hearing God's word is of utmost importance. As you came in here this morning, as we gather together before God's throne, as we hear worship Him in this service, understand that this portion of the service is of the most importance. This is the primary means of how God grows you in grace. It is God's word to you. No matter what else goes on in this service, this should be your, your primary focus to hear what God has to say to you. Not that my words are inerrant, but his word and the proclamation of it is for you. And so you are to take heed how you listen. And not only in the service, but in your daily Bible study. How important is it to open God's word and to hear his word to you? Does your Bible stay on the shelf all week long? Do you leave it in here so that maybe you will never forget it? It'll always be right back here the next Sunday. Well, that's fine if you have an extra Bible. You have one at home. Do you leave your Bible in your car? Or do you treat it of utmost importance, knowing that it is God's word to you? One of my favorite things that Elder Kerry Rice says is that it is our very life. Is that how we treat it? 
Don't find yourself to be a Judas on the last day. For there will be grave consequences. Do not put a jar or a bed over your lamp. Put it on a lampstand so that everyone may see its light. How do you let your light shine? You put it up on its lampstand. You put it to use in your life. Listen to the word of God for the purpose of letting your light shine. Well, as we transition to the second section, Jesus continues his exhortation with a command. He says, take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. The point here is, listen or lose it. And children, you may know very well from your own studies, from, from your school teachers or from your parents, that if you do not listen to their instruction when they teach you, you will not gain an understanding, will you? What good is all the instruction if you do not listen? Jesus had a message of salvation. But if the people did not take care to listen appropriately to his message, then what they had, namely the message itself, would be taken away. But for those who listen, who have ears to hear, as Jesus says, they will be given more. William Hendricks says this, The meaning must be, Whoever with due attention and a yearning for salvation listens to the message and by means of the exercise of faith obeys it, yielding fruit, will receive the blessings of salvation in an ever-increasing measure. And this again is illustrated by the lamp, is it not? Those who do not take care to listen are those who refuse to put their lamp on a lampstand. Rather, they put it under a jar or under their bed, and the light that they had is suffocated and burns out. But those who put it on the stand allow their light to shine, and that light lights up the whole room for all to see. If you do not listen and use the word of God in your life, then you will lose it. And more specifically, it will be taken from you. But notice that it takes more than just listening. It also takes doing. We should not just be listeners of the word, but also doers of the word. And this principle may be understood best by those who have ever tried to learn a new language. Philip Ryken notes, people generally do not learn to speak Spanish or Turkish by listening to recordings. The way they really learn the language is by using it in personal conversation. And if they do not keep using it, they quickly forget what they thought they had learned. 
Spiritual knowledge works the same way. Use it or lose it. If we do not put what Jesus says into practice, then even what we have heard will not be of any use either to us or to anyone else. End quote. See, all of us have faced choices in our lives. We constantly, day by day, have choices that we have to make. And in these choices, often we know what the right thing to do is. But knowing the right thing is one thing. It is another to actually do it. If we do not practice what is right, then eventually the knowledge of it will escape us altogether. Actually, the Lord will take it from us. Jesus said he spoke in parables so that in hearing Israel would not hear. And what is so interesting is that Israel had been given the oracles of God. Out of all of the nations in the world, they had been given God's word, this tiny little nation. And they had the very word of God. But because they had failed to put it into practice, God brought judgment on them and took away what they had. So that in seeing, they would not see. In hearing, they would not hear. Jesus spoke in parables, you see, so that they would not hear. But to the disciples, he said what? To you, the kingdom of God has been given. And so he explains the parables to them. They had eyes to see. They used what they had been given, and so he gave them more, explaining the parables and continued to teach them. But to those who had failed over all these years to put to practice what they had been given, he was taking it away. There is a real danger in not doing what the word commands. And so we must be careful to listen. We must take care to listen or we will lose it. Why should we listen? Because when we do and we put it to practice, he continues to give us and grow us in our salvation in an ever-increasing manner. And when we don't, he takes it away. In the last section, Luke gives us an account of Jesus' family desiring to interrupt him from his teaching. And at first we might wonder why Luke places this account right here in his gospel. Seems to kind of break the flow. Why would he even place it in his gospel at all? Maybe it's just a chronological thing. This is what happened next. But actually, this does not appear to be the reason that Luke places it there. It's not just chronological. It does not place it there just because it happens to be the next thing that that goes on in the sequence of events. In fact, it is not likely that this account even occurred at this time. 
Both Matthew and Mark place this account before Jesus' parable of the sower. It's more likely that they were using it chronologically than Luke was. So then why does Luke place it right here in his gospel? Well, the answer can only be theological. Luke wants us to zero in on a point that Jesus has been trying to make. Let's take a look at this account so that we might take in this point. We're told that his mother and brothers came to him but could not reach him because of the crowd. And so he's told by someone else in the crowd that your mother and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. You probably begin to see the point that's being made. And this account gives us amazing insight into what it means to be a part of of the family of God. To be a member of Jesus' family. We learn that his earthly family is seeking him for some reason. Luke does not give us the explicit reason why. It could be for a number of reasons. Perhaps Mark gives us the likely reason. In Mark chapter 3 verse 21... Just prior to this account in his gospel, we read this. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying, he is out of his mind. Why would they act like this? Why did they want to take him away from what he was doing? Well, we know that some of his siblings did not believe in him until after the resurrection. Perhaps they wanted to slow him down from what he was doing. His mother Mary certainly was a believer, but perhaps she was worried about how hectic his life had become due to his ministry. Apparently he was having to go without food and the crowd with him. Whatever the reason may be, they wanted to seize him, the text says, but due to the size of the great crowds, they were held back. They couldn't get to Jesus. And so Luke tells us that someone goes to him and tells him that they are desiring to see him. But Jesus was not concerned at this moment to be interrupted by his earthly family. He loved them very much and respected them, but he was teaching on the kingdom of God. And so he responded, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And this furthers the point that Jesus had been making about listening and doing the word of God. See, although Jesus regarded his earthly family as important, his spiritual Family was even more important. The evidence that one is in the family of God is based upon whether or not he listens and keeps God's word. It is whether or not he listens to his elder brother, Jesus Christ. 
see then why Luke placed this account where he does in his gospel. See, those who place their lights on a stand are those that are in the family of God. Jesus teaches us here that our spiritual family is superior to our earthly family. Now, Jesus was in no way disrespecting the earthly family or putting down blood relations. But he was showing the importance of the family of God. His first priority was to do the will of the Father in heaven. And his earthly family was trying to stand in the way of that. Well, it is of first importance that we also do the will of God. We are to love and respect our earthly families. And we are to honor and obey our earthly parents. But doing God's will should come first in our lives. Sometimes... The gospel calls us to do things that our families do not like or are not okay with. Especially if the members of our families are not believers. But we will listen and do God's word first. If we are his children. Who lets their light shine? Who hears the word and does it? are those who are in the family of God. It is those who listen to their elder brother, Christ. The Apostle John taught us how we can become children of God in the first chapter of his gospel. Beginning in verse 9, he writes this. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Beloved, Jesus is the light of the world, and he came so that those who would receive him might become children of God. We become children of God not by being born of blood or of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but by the regenerating power of God himself. He gives us new life so that we might believe on the name of Jesus. So that we might turn from our sins and rest in Christ alone for salvation from them. Jesus is the light of this world. Because by his person and work salvation has been accomplished for his people. And because of what he has done. We can sing along with Johnny Cash. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. 
if you have received the light, then you, beloved, are called to let your lights shine in this dark world. But the light that we shine in this world is not our own light. It is the light of Jesus Christ. We are to reflect His glorious light in the world. And when we do this, when we listen and live out the good news of Jesus Christ, we spread the gospel. And the Lord uses this to draw others to Himself. We speak it and we live it. Word and deed. Listen, O church. You are called to place the light that you have been given on a stand so that all may see it. And if you don't, it will be taken from you and exposed on the day of judgment. But for those who do, they will be called children of God. Beloved, I labor here at Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church, so that you will listen and do the word of God. With respect to God, I do it for His glory, but with respect to you, I do it so that you will listen and do the word of God. I do not want you to just listen to my words as I proclaim the gospel to you each week. I want the gospel to enter into your heart and to take root so that in it, it will grow up and produce a bountiful harvest. And so, Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14 this morning, are also my words to you. More importantly, they are God's words to you. And here's what they say. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. In other words, do not put your lamp under a jar. Grumbling and complaining is to put out the light that Christ has given you. Do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that... You will give us eyes to see and ears to hear. That you will cause us to use what you have given to us. Lord, we don't want it to be taken away from us. And so we pray that you will help us put it to good use. Help us to put our lamp on the stand that all may see. That they may see our good works and praise you in heaven. May we do all that we do unto your glory. 
And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.